because I had some important things I had to take care of this morning early. And then I recorded with uh, Merlin. So what? And then uh, I, uh, I had to take care of a couple other calls and meetings. And then I had the privilege of just now, just now, I just finished it, being on a Daily Tech News show, which is one of my favorite shows to watch. I watch that show on YouTube. I know it's a podcast uh, and I love that show. However, uh, it's probably my all-time favorite show to guest on because I love Tom and Sarah and, and, and Roger and everybody over there. Uh, so anytime they invite me to come on, of course, I've got to come on the show. And um, I wore, wore my purple shirt today. Here's a little better view of the purple shirt. And for those of you who are, uh, well, that's not the one I'm uh, There's a little story behind this shirt. I would never buy a purple shirt. In reality, I would never wear uh, a purple shirt. Oh, it looks good on you. Uh, however, I made an exception for this one because this one was gifted to me. It was a gift. And uh, I kind of, it, it's kind of nice. What do you think of purple? Can I wear purple chat room? Can I wear purple? I don't know if I can wear purple or not. Oh, I neglected to open up any of my links. So um, while, I, uh, while I'm doing that, I'll just sort of make chit chat with you and tell you, here's how I got the, uh, here's how I got this shirt. I was doing a project and I, I think I'm allowed to talk about it, but it was for a university and the university hired me as a sort of interviewer slash presenter for this big project that they were doing. And uh, the project was all about talking to their uh, staff, their professors and their students to talk about how uh, great the university was. And they wanted me to come in and lend my authenticity and interviewing skills. Uh, and so that's what I did. And they had a whole camera crew he right here. They had a whole camera crew. They brought their own lights. They brought their own cameras. And they had me uh, sitting here at my desk doing these interviews with a live feed between me and these people all around the country. Everybody was wearing masks and everything else except the per person like me. So when it would be time for me to talk, I would take off my mask. They would all leave and then I would do this thing. And if there was a technical problem, they'd say, stop. And then they'd have me put the mask on and they'd come back in. Anyway, they're like, we want uh, to see what shirts you have. And I said, well, here's the shirts that I have that I wear. And they said, we don't like any of those shirts. They're all wrong. And I said, they're actually, you know, not wrong, but sure, I'll wear whatever you want. I said, if you want me to wear a clown suit, you're paying. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll wear a clown suit. So they said, you don't have to wear a clown suit, but we are going to give you some shirts that we want to wear. But again, they were based in like LA and they're like, what size are you? And I said, well, it depends on the shirt, of course, because in one shirt, I might be a medium. Another shirt, I might be a small. You never know. I got to try them on. And so the lady who was in charge of this had, uh, I guess, never had uh, the occasion to like buy men's clothes before. So she just started ordering stuff. Now, I've got nothing against Van Heusen as a brand. It's fine. It's not for me. It's not a brand I would pick. It's not like I'm above the brand. Brand's fine. It's just not the style of shirt that I would ever wear. I'm more of a J. Crew guy or a Banana Republic guy. They fit me better, to be honest. 
and they last longer. I would rather pay a little. I'd wait. You have to wait for the sales. Don't get me wrong. You have to wait for the sales because otherwise those things are just, they're too expensive. But those shirts, especially the J crew and the banana ones, they last a long time. You cannot wash them and iron them and they, and they, they last through it. The Van Heusen is not as solid. No offense. I guess I'm, we're never going to get them as a sponsor now. Right. Um, so anyway, they start sending me all these shirts and none of them were fitting. None of them were fitting. They were all huge. They were sending me larges and like, well, that's all they had in stock. I'm like, you can't just give someone a large shirt who normally wears like a small and sometimes a medium. It looked very sort of blousey and not something a human would wear. So of the shirts that fit, there were only a couple. And then they said, you know what, Dan, um, you know, uh, why don't you wear some of your shirts? And I said, okay. And they wound up doing the whole thing with me wearing my own shirts. Like I was going to do in the beginning, but of all the shirts that they sent me, the one that fit is, is Mr. Purple right here. And it's, uh, it's pretty stylish, isn't it? I kind of like the purple. I've never worn purple before in my whole life. Uh, and, uh, and so I now have this shirt and I thought, you know, I'll wear it for the daily tech news show in honor of, uh, Prince. So that's the story. Uh, AF Waller says, get the shirt darted. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. AF Waller says usually one inches when they ask that that's if you're actually going with a real dress shirt. And of course I know all my measurements. And so this is the backstory. I sent them my measurements, sizes and measurements. And, you know, because you, you men, if, if I'm sure there's a lot of probably mostly women watching the show, of course, uh, but you know, you've got your neck size, you've got your sleeve length. And so you give them this information and I gave it to them and that they, everything they sent was huge and ridiculous. And, you know, like anyway, it, I guess you had to be there, but now that I have all the links open, I can, uh, Me too. give you I'm some excited news. Too. And before I do that, like I said, I am Dan Benjamin. You can follow me at Dan Benjamin pretty much anywhere, Twitter, Instagram. YouTube, Dan Benjamin. You can also like and subscribe here on YouTube by clicking somewhere down there. I don't know whether it's this side. I think it's it's this side, right? Uh, like, subscribe. And like I say, you got to like the video. I know you're here. If you're already subscribed, like the video. If you're not subscribed, subscribe and then like the video. And whether you've liked it or subscribed, hit the bell so you get the notification when I go live on the air and support the show on Patreon. Very few of you do this. Shame on you. If every one of the people who watched this show every day gave me $1 a month, this show would instantaneously become a huge success and I'd be able to devote a tremendous more time in prep and, and other things for it. I'm asking you now for one buck. If everybody who listens or watches this show gives me $1 a month, do you mean to say that you don't have a dollar a month? This thing, which exploded in my refrigerator because it got too cold and somehow lost not just its carbonation, but all of its flavor, which is weird to me. Is the flavor somehow connected to the carbonation? I don't know. This is a dollar, people. 
And I really think that the show that I'm doing for 30 to 50, 60 minutes a day, five days a week, four or five weeks a month, I do this five weeks a month, even on the months that only have three weeks in them. Think about that. I think that's worth a dollar. If all of you gave me a dollar, it would change my life. Think about that. You could change my life by giving me $12 a year. But I guess I guess it's too much money for you. I guess it's too much money for you. Eight-year-olds, dude. Our first news story, you know, it's Groundhog Day today. Did you know that? One of my favorite all-time movies, a very Buddhist movie, by the way, is Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Highly recommend you watch it. But today, the real-life Puxatawney Phil came out, and guess what? Six more weeks of winter. Six more weeks of winter. Out on gut look, there's a little picture of Gobbler's Knob right here. Can we show the video? But we the can. Time has come. Old man winter. Send in the Boy, that's house. loud. Sorry. Okay. Gobbler's Knob. Come on. Pick it up, guys. We don't have all day. This is a 12-minute video. Look at this. The of you oh, they couldn't have real people there because of COVID, I guess. So instead. They've got all these people standing around and there's no audience. Did you see that? There were like like uh, fake people in the audience anyway. Uh, so we got some more winter coming according to the Groundhog. Uh, some breaking news that happened while I was recording the Daily Tech News show. Uh, and then now I am here to tell you about it. Jeff Bezos has stepped down or is stepping down as CEO of Amazon. Uh, and uh, Andy Jassy That's your thank name. You, is going to become the next CEO. And he is going to, who is texting me? He is going to become executive chair. So he's going to take a step back. Is he going to focus more on the rockets? What's he going to do? We don't know. But uh, adios soon to you, I'm Jeff Bezos. All right. Uh, Biden administration has announced a direct. I hate these pop-ups. Biden administration has announced a direct vaccine shipments to pharmacies. Isn't that crazy? Come on, man. Yes, it's right. He uh, he said that uh, they will begin direct shipments of coronavirus vaccines to retail pharmacies next week. Expanding point of ac- points of access for Americans to receive shots as concerns about variants of the virus expand. Quote, millions of Americans turn to their local pharmacies every day for their medicines, flu shots, and much more. Thank you for telling me what a pharmacy was because I didn't know. And pharmacies are readily accessible in most communities with most Americans living within five miles of a- my phone is blowing up of a pharmacy. White House COVID-19 response coordinator Jeff Zients said in a briefing, it will roll out on February 11th, 6,500 stores will receive a total of 1 million doses before eventually expanding. And uh, they said they're also increasing the weekly allocation of vaccines going to states, tribes, and territories by an additional 5%, bringing the total uh, weekly total of vaccines purchased per week to a minimum of 105 million. And by the way, friends, that's still not enough. And it's still not fast enough. And I've got more news about the, oh, you know, and I forgot the, uh, forgot to intro it. Excuse me. 
I'm in need of medical attention. So uh, the issue is that that's still not enough. Okay. Um, Holopox says, Dan, you only let me pay you $5 a month. Can you make a $2 tier? I could do that. Yes, I will make some more tiers for you, but I can't do it on the show because you'd be bored watching me log in to a website and make setting changes. But yes, all y'all watching, talking about you, talking about you, I'm going to make some more tiers for you so that you can so what? help me live. Okay. The EU, here's an article. It's an analysis. Let me give you another little explanation here, my good friends. Should I have changed the lights to purple? Don't I have a, hold on a second. Is that the same purple as the shirt? No. Hold on, I got more choice. Hold on, I got more choices. Hold on. The theater of the mind. That's closer. That's good. That's it. We got it. We got it. We got it. Okay. Like <laughs> Brian says, like tears and rain. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So this is an, uh, if you ever see something called analysis, uh, this unheard website says analysis. What that means is op-ed. That means it's someone's opinion. It's not an analysis. It's an opinion. Um, and, and they're saying that the EU has lost the vaccine war. So listen to how this is written. And this is called analysis. But listen to what this really is. <clears throat> One of the most striking developments in the early months of coronavirus was the way that the disaster very soon became a contest between states. Always heralded as a textbook case of the need for global cooperation, pandemics turned out to be prime examples of global competition. Indeed, once media outlets were able to compare the outbreaks in different countries, most public discussions started to resemble sports commentary, quote, how your country compares, as the Financial Times put it. Uh, some countries were praised for the way they were able to flatten the curve. Others seemed to compete only to avoid being last. Uh, you know what? This is not what was going on. There was not a competition. It, it was a freak out that nobody knew what to do. Nobody had organized anything and they were just doing their very best to do their very best. So I reject this article and I reject everything that the article says. Sorry. Um, you know, here's something interesting. And this is something we were kind of talking about a little bit before. Medic! Uh, people who have previously been infected with COVID-19 only need one vaccine dose, this study is suggesting. Uh, this is an article in CNN, and they say that if uh, your antibodies, if you were previously infected, are going to be equal or above those of people who got both vaccinations but had never been infected. This um, study just came out on Monday. It says those with previous infections also appeared to have more generalized side effects after the first dose, such as fatigue, fever, muscle pain, similar to what other participants have after their second dose, right? So the first dose you go in, you come out and you say, oh, my arm, uh, to quote Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack. Uh, and then the second dose you get like the generalized like fatigue, fever, weirdness happening to you, right? So if you've already had coronavirus and you get your first vaccination, vaccination, vaccine nation, then you wind up with those stronger body effects. So 
keep that in mind. If you've already got coronavirus, you can get the vaccine. But what if you're talking to people who are hesitant about getting it, who don't want to get it, as is their choice to not get it, but how can you convince them? Well, CNN has put together a little article for you here. They talked to two different experts, Dr. William Schaffner, a professor in the Division of Infectious Diseases at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. That's your name, dude. And Dr. Ruth Karen, but don't be confused. It's not K-A-R-E-N, it's K-A-R-O-N, so she's not a Karen. That's your name. Uh, leading vaccine expert and professor of international health at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. And, uh, and so there, there are a lot of questions here with answers. So if you're talking to a loved one, a family member, a friend who has concerns and you want to be like in the know, you want to be like knowledgeable. Uh, and I have, um, I have a soundbite for this that I prepared ahead of time. I just can't uh, find it. Of course, I can never find it. It was going to be great. It was going to be perfect. It was going to be beautiful. It was going to be like poetry. Oh, <laughs> well. Um, you can uh, you can ask. So let's say you're asked the question, I don't know what's in the vaccine, so I ain't taking it. You can say, and this is the quote from the article, that's fair. A vaccine ingredient lists include a lot of lengthy names that only a chemist would recognize. But here are some of the main ingredients in the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, the two vaccines currently authorized for use, and how they work colon, uh, mRNA is short for messenger ribonucleic acid. It is genetic software that, so it goes on and on to explain how you're going to, can you imagine this at the dinner table with grandma? I don't think I want to take this vaccine. And you can say, don't worry, but because mRNA is very fragile, it's coated in fatty lipids to protect it. And these lipids, which are buttery substances, they can melt at room temperature. And that's why it has to be refrigerated. Did you know that Nana? And she's going to say, I didn't know that. Now I'm ready to go get my vaccination. Thank you, Sonny. No problem, Nana. Uh, if they say the vaccine was created too quickly to be trustworthy, well, they have an answer for that. They explain that, it, can the vaccine give me COVID-19? No. Uh, can the vaccine alter my DNA? Now, that's one I've heard a lot of people talking about. No, the vaccine, they say, will not alter your DNA because it doesn't even interact with your DNA. The mRNA never enters the cell's nucleus, which is what houses the DNA, so it doesn't even get close to it. Um, it works in the cytoplasm, which is the fluids within the cell. Uh, and it doesn't stay in your body. It dissolves. Once it's sent the message to the cells, it dissolves and exits your body. Now, I'm wondering, how exactly does it exit your body? And I'm not sure, but I have a theory. Anyway, you can read this yourself. The show notes are at danbenjamin.live. Now, uh, this next article, um, there is uh, apparently parents across the United States are rallying for in-person learning after the CDC revealed that schools are actually pretty low risk, which a lot of people have been saying for a while, reopen the schools Reopen the schools is what they've been saying, but they say now that uh, it's actually a little bit safer. Uh, the CDC and Duke Health released studies last week showing that in-person learning is generally safe if schools take proper precautions. So all of a sudden, and here's a picture of it. Look at this. No more screens. There's these uh, people carrying the posters and protesting. 
Uh, how many suicides is enough? Reopen schools now. Um, get our kids back in school. And then they've got a big F. A lot of people have an F with a sort of a circle and a line through it, like with the Ghostbusters. Uh, send our kids to school, they say. No more screens. And then there's a little girl. Look, there's a little girl here that says, I miss my school. And she's sad. And her sign explains why she's sad and how she's sad. And I think she is sad. And I can tell you that my kids absolutely hated virtual learning. It's horrible. Yeah, Brian says, Dan's new podcast, uh, Vaccine Nation. No, you know, I'm going to stick with Benjamin Nation. Uh, Benjamin Nation. So anyway, uh, they basically say that if you follow the precautions, then you can reopen the schools and that it's relatively low risk. Um. My kids were so miserable, so miserable when they were doing the online stuff. It was the worst I've ever seen them. I'm not joking. It was horrible. Uber is, I like that this article, Uber buying booze delivery service company Drizzly for $1.1 billion, billion. Uh, Uber announced that they have uh, made an agreement to buy Drizzly, which is Boston-based and uh, this could be very interesting for Uber because Uber doesn't even hire drivers. It basically just provides the infrastructure. Well, they can use this same infrastructure, not just to move people and bring food, but they can actually expand and bring some uh, some alcohol over to you. And I, I, I remember I was talking to the guys on uh, DTNS, the Daily Tech News Show, just a, you know an hour ago about this. And I didn't even know that they delete this because I don't drink. So it's not like a big thing for me, but. I've never used this service, but apparently they're here in Austin and, um, and they can come out and um, deliver alcohol to you. And now uh, it's going to be Uber that's doing the deliveries because they're buying them. Did you hear uh, that Stadia is shutting down internal studios and changing their, their uh, focus? Is literally anybody alive surprised that Google's Stadia is shutting down? Uh I don't think anybody should be surprised about this. Um, it is absolutely not a surprise that this service failed. No one wanted it. No one asked for it. And no one used it. And it's sad because there were a lot of really talented people who were involved in it. But I, hopefully they get reassigned and they don't lose their jobs. And that's always the thing. We can joke and kid around when a service shuts down or has a problem and I can play the toilet flush sound. But in reality... There are people there that are getting affected by this who might be changing or losing their jobs, and that kind of sucks. But also, they went to work at Stadia. Ponderous, man. Ponderous. America's murder rate has increased in 2020, and there's no modern precedent for it. This is an article I found on Fox News. A murder rate saw a historic increase in 2020 compared to 2019 with more than 1,200 additional killings year over year in a sample of 34 American cities. Quote, the coronavirus pandemic, continuing incidents of police violence and rising homicide and violent crime rates each pose massive policy changes in their own right. But the interplay between them creates even more difficult decisions for policymakers. This is in a report from the National Commission of COVID-19 and Criminal Justice, or as you're used to calling it, the NCCCJ. Who hasn't heard of the NCCCJ by now? Despite this difficulty, leaders at all levels of government should take bold action in responding to all three crises. Homicide rates jumping 30%. 
from 2019 to 2020, gun assault and aggravated assault rates climbed 8% and 6% respectively. They're blaming COVID for this, and uh, I think they're probably right. Uh, the report examined rates of domestic violence, robbery, residential burglary, non-residential burg- burglary, larceny, motor vehicle theft, and drug offenses. If you want more information, it's a long article, but it's pretty informative uh, over there on the New York Post. Um, oh, I can't show you this article because Newsweek has decided that I've already looked at too many articles. I'm doing them a favor. I think by reporting it, but they don't want me to do it. And I am not willing to pay for it. I am not willing to pay for it. But it was an interesting article that that, uh, I can't read to you about snake bites, snake bites. So here's a cool thing. Uh, Our friends over at uh, Apple, which should be on this page, but isn't and is over here, uh, says that iOS 14.5 is going to let Apple watch owners unlock iPhones while wearing a mask. Apparently, this was tricky for them to accomplish because are you supposed to unlock your phone or your watch? And there was all these other issues around it. This is very difficult for them to do, but they were able to do it. It's in the new developer beta that's available now. So if you're an Apple developer beta tester type person, you can sign up for that, download it, have it, make it yours. Then you can wear your mask, look at your watch, your phone unlocks. Kind of neat. Kind of. Uh, have you heard that the dating app Bumble uh, is going to have an IPO? Well, they are, and they think that they could raise one. Uh, oh, uh, Jeffrey Sidoris says, more importantly, it will allow Fitness Plus to work over AirPlay. That's pretty cool. Uh, so Bumble, they are saying that they think the IP- IPO that they're going to do could raise more than a billion dollars. Uh That's interesting. There are a lot of dating apps out there. Bumble is famous because uh, it allows, I think their their whole thing is the woman gets to choose. So I read about this a little bit earlier today. And basically the way that this works is the two people who, uh, it still has the sort of swiping matching mechanism that was pioneered by uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter. How about Tinder by Tinder? So you you swipe one way and uh, and it says, I love you. I want to, uh, I, I want to date you. And you swipe uh, the other way and it says, no, get out of here. Um, well, Bumble goes a little further so that not only do you have to match each other in that way. In other words, one person sees the other person, they like them. The other person then sees that person and also likes them. Then they're a match and you're talking. And that is the way that it works in most of the other applications is my understanding. But with Bumble, it then goes to the, the woman so even though you've matched already, the woman now has, I think it's 24 hours to decide if she really wants to talk to that guy after all. And if she does, then she can initiate the conversation. And But because of this, Bumble has become the most popular one. It's, it's, it's the most popular one. And, uh, and so now they might be raising this with their IPO filing. Uh, it wants to raise 10 figures also, which is crazy. Um, but they they sold to Blackstone in 2019, um, and this this is an article that's really really long. But it basically says it's tough to figure out what their actual valuation is. Twenty eight to thirty dollars per share. They expect to have a hundred and eight million plus shares outstanding after the IPO. So they're not selling putting the whole company out there for sale. Uh, it says that that really if you do the the math. 
that the company could be worth $3.03 billion all the way up to $3.25 billion. But the article goes on to break it down. If that's interesting to you, you can read the article, but I'm already bored by the numbers. Tesla, unfortunately, has recalled 135,000 vehicles over touchscreen failures. Let me say that again, 135,000 vehicles. And you could say, well, what does that mean? Uh, touchscreen failures. Why are they recalling them? Why is it so bad? Well, it's really bad. Um, they said that, um, I guess these things are failing, but here's a quote from Tesla. It says it's economically, if not technologically infeasible, infeasible to expect that such components can or should be designed to last the vehicle's entire useful life. So I looked up infeasible, which was a new word for me. I mean, I've heard of unfeasible, but not infeasible. It's like being infamous. Uh, infeasible is as not possible to do easily or conveniently. Impractical. Well, we know, or actually says impracticable, which is another new word. But basically, um, the vehicles have the NVIDIA Tegra 3 computing platforms inside of them. And they also have an 8 gig EMMC NAND flash memory device, which I know you know about because you're nerds like me. Uh, but apparently what's happening is that the it's the flash memory that uh, that has the problem. But the 8 gig chip wears out and the only remedy is a replacement. So it's not actually the touchscreen that's wearing out. It's the little memory chip there. So. Got to go and get your new one if you're one of those hundred and whatever thousand people. Now, here's some big news. Uh, I think, um, Brianne, is, did you send this to me? Uh, Oregon Law. She's the only one sending me links. What's wrong with you guys? You don't, you don't like, you don't subscribe, you don't support, you don't send links. I got no respect over here, guys. I'm doing this show for you. Oregon Law is going to decriminalize all drugs. This has gone into effect already. All drugs have been uh, decriminalized there. Yeah, I like this. What do you think of that? Well, it went into effect. And uh, this entire article, it tells a story of different people. That's not the important thing. But the thing is, instead of that, and here's the amazing part, instead of it, they're going to be spending that money um on, I mean, they decriminalized everything, heroin, cocaine, meth, oxy. Uh, but instead of a criminal justice-based approach, the state will pivot to a health care-based approach, offering addicts treatment instead of prison time. Those in possession will be fined $100. A citation will be dropped if they agree to a health assessment. Isn't that wonderful that instead of spending all that money to arrest these people and put them in jail, they're going to use that to help them get off the drugs I love that. Great idea. Oregon, again, doing the smart thing. I just wish Texas would be better. But I won't rant today, okay? That's right. Absolutely. Okay. CNN primetime ratings artificially inflated because of who? Donald Trump. They have now fallen back to what they're saying, fallen back to earth in the first post-Trump week. Um, that's right. The first week, the January 25 to 29 week uh, numbers are just back to normal again. So look at these numbers. This is the average U.S. total audience watching weekday primetime cable news. It's showing data for an audience age two or older. How many two-year-olds 
were watching CNN, do you think? I'm just curious. How many? A lot of them. Do you think they were comprehending it? Uh-huh. Uh, so CNN at 8 p.m. Uh, went from 5.19 million in the first week of January to just 2.4 million in the last week of January. And all of the other showings, uh, Fox News as well, MSNBC, all seeing the same exact drop off. And uh, I was talking to my mom this morning and uh, I had said, you know, I said, without Trump in office, uh, news is getting kind of boring. And she says, it's not boring. It's great. It's a relief. And I said, yes, it, it is a relief. Yes, of uh, But it's just not as crazy interesting. She says, there's lots of interesting stuff in the news for your show, Dan. And I said, all right, mom, you're right. Uh, now, here's something that's interesting. Uh, they have found that common HIV drugs. I just want to show you this picture of this eye. That's why I went uh, went here to show you. Good. Cool eye. Uh, but basically, uh, common HIV drugs may prevent macular degeneration, which is a major cause of vision loss. And I actually know somebody who's uh, they're in their early 30s who are already dealing with macular degeneration, as well as some people who are you know much older who are typically who get it. But it can lead to blindness. And they there's this major discovery that they found. Um, which changes how they're actually thinking about DNA. Uh, medical professionals call the drugs, um, the HIV drugs, nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors, or as you call them, uh, NRTIs, of course. Uh, researchers believe that they can help treat dry macular degeneration, which is a very common cause of blindness. And they say that the results are puzzling considering the fact that dry macular degeneration isn't caused by a virus like HIV. They don't know why it works, but this is actually what happens in most medicine. They come up with some drug. Usually they think it's going to treat one thing and it winds up treating the next thing. Perfect example of this would be Viagra. That was, a, wasn't it like a heart drug for a heart condition? And they found it had another effect. So they said, I guess we can use it for this other effect too. My last piece of news for you, some more, it's not sad, but SpaceX's Starship prototype again exploded on landing after a successful launch. Uh, Starship prototype serial number nine or SN9 flew 10 kilometers, which uh, is 32,800 feet. It flew successfully. And then when it was landing, it hit the ground again and exploded again. And uh, systems uh, integration engineer, John Innsbrucker said we had again another great flight up we just got to work on that landing a little bit and so here is a video which should play let's see oh good we get to watch an ad that's lovely uh okay i'm not going to show you the ad but in a second oh good the ad will end in 24 seconds from now it's an instacart ad but they don't sponsor this show so shame on them for even trying you're trying to get in under the radar, and I'm not going to let you do it. Ad will end in 10 seconds. Oh, look, she's asleep now. The grocer's at her door, and he's eating an apple. Okay, come on, guys. Let's wrap this up and try to show them the video of the rocket. One second. Here we go. Okay, here it is. This is the rocket. This is not footage. So uh, that's a bummer. You know, you wouldn't want to send people to Mars and then have that happen, would you? No. So 
Uh, <laughs> Brian says, I thought Starship exploded in 1986. That is a good one. We got to give you some uh, some applause there. It's a good joke. All right, friends, that's all I have for you. You know what I'm going to do as soon as I hit stop on this thing? I'm going to eat a snack. And then I'm going to go add some tears because what I'm saying is I just need a dollar, one dollar. If everybody watching this show gave me a dollar, you would change my life. I'm, it's not an exaggeration. I'd be able to live a completely different kind of life. I wouldn't be rich, right? But uh, I, I wouldn't have to worry. You would, I wouldn't have to worry. I would move from a position of worry, which is here on the left, my left, to a position of power, which is over here on the right. If you do that, $1, I want $5, but you're not going to do it. It sounds like a lot to you. This costs $1. So give me one of these. Go to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. You can also like and subscribe right here and you can follow me anywhere you want at Dan Benjamin. And that's all I've got for you today. I'll be back at the regular time tomorrow morning. So uh, until then, have a good one.